Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janabalava Divivada Dari Jaya Gopi Janabalava Divivada Dari Yashodanandana Braja Jananandana Yashodanandana Braja Jananandana Jamona Tiravana Chari Jamuna Tiravana Chari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Yashodanandana Braja Jananandana Yashodanandana Braja Jananandana Jamuna Tiravana Chari Jamuna Tiravana Chari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Prabhupada 
Prabhu Pa Prabhu Pa Jaya Jaya Prabhu Pa Jaya Jaya Guru Dev Guru Dev Guru Dev Jaya Jaya Guru Nitagora Premanandi Shida Prabhupada Ki Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 9, Text Number 4. Shivashir Uvacha Ditam te deva deva devesha Prapanatrati harajutta Varinate navatalam no Yadbhavan samadrishya Sri Rishiru Vacha Jitam Te Deva Devesha Prapanarita Harajuta Varinachavatalam No Yadbhavan Samad Rishyata Sri Sri Rishir Uvacha Chitam Te Deva Devesha Prapanarita Harajuta Varenatai Vatalam No Yadbhavam Samadrishyata
The sage said, Jita, are victorious. Te, you, Deva Deva Isha, O Lord of Lords, Prapanya, one who is surrendered, Artihara, O remover of all distress, Achutya, O infallible one, Varena, with the benediction, Etavata, this much, Alam, enough, Na, by us, Yat, that, Bhavan, your good self, Samadrishita, has been seen. Translation. The sage said, O Lord of Lords, all glories to you. O Lord Achutta, you remove all distress for the devotees who surrender unto you. That you have allowed me to see you is all the benediction I want. Please repeat. The sage said, O Lord of Lords, All glories to you. O Lord Achutta, you remove all distress for the devotees who surrender unto you. That you have allowed me to see you is all the benediction I want. The sage said, O Lord of Lords, all glories to you. O Lord Achutta, you remove all distress for the devotees who surrender unto you. That you have allowed me to see you is all the benediction I want. There's no purport, so we'll read the next verse. Text 5. Krita Vajado Yasya Srimat Pradabja Darshanam Manasa Yoga Pakvena Sabavan mi kishi gocharaha. Translation. Such demigods as Lord Brahma achieve their exalted positions simply by seeing your beautiful lotus feet after their minds had become mature in yoga practice. And now, my Lord, you have personally appeared before me. This is translation and purport by the followers of His Divine Grace. Please repeat. Such demigods as Lord Brahma achieved their exalted positions simply by seeing your beautiful lotus feet. After their minds had become mature in yoga practice. 
And now, my Lord, you have personally appeared before me. Such demigods as Lord Brahma achieved their exalted positions simply by seeing your beautiful lotus feet after their minds had become mature in yoga practice. And now, my Lord, you have personally appeared before me. Purport. Markandeya Rishi points out that exalted demigods like Lord Brahma achieved their positions simply by glimpsing the Lord's lotus feet. And yet, Markandeya Rishi was now able to see Lord Krishna's entire body. Thus, he could not even imagine the extent of his good fortune. Om Chakshurin Militam Jaina Tasma Shri Gurvena Maha Shri Chaitanya Manobisham Shapitam Jaina Bhutale Swam Rupa Karamaya Dharanti Svapadanti Kam I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisances into the dust of his lotus feet. Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pesaya Bhutale Shumati Tamo Krishna Goswami Nitinamani Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pesaya Bhutale Shumati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamani Namaste Saraswati Devi, Gauravani Pacharni, Nirisesha Sunyavadi Pashkatari Shatarni, Vanchakopa Trubhaischa, Kripa Sindhivasevacha, Patitanam Bhavanebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo Namonamaha, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Shivasari Gauravakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So thanks everybody for being here. We have some exalted guests, some book distributors. We're happy that you're here. Thank you for visiting, however long you're in town. Anybody listening in on the radio? Anybody listening on the net? Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for everybody that's here in the temple room. Thanks for coming today, getting a little dose of mercy, Christian consciousness, to come and see the Lord and associate with the devotees. It's so nice. We're reading from the 12th Canto, chapter 9. Markandeya Rishi sees the illusory potency of the Lord. This chapter describes Markandeya Rishi's vision of the Supreme Personality of Godhead's illusory energy. Wow. So, um, Nara Narayan uh, Rishi have appeared. They're twins, right? Narayan and Nara Narayan. Nara, and, and they've appeared based on Markandeya Rishi's great austerity, great Krishna consciousness, practice of religious principles in a very, very staunch way, right? How many days of Lord Brahma did he do that on the planet? Unbelievable, right? Millions, billions of years, right? So his austerity is very great. And so Krishna is benedicting him with this this uh, appearance, so the Lord is appearing to Markandeya Rishi, and he says to Markandeya Rishi earlier, I want you to ask for a benediction. Ask for a benediction. What would you ask for? What do you all think you would ask for? If you, if you, if the Lord gave you a benediction, said, I'm very pleased with your service, what would you like? What would you ask? Does anybody want to say? What would you ask for, Sam? Yeah, what would you ask Chris for, Krishna for if Krishna said, Sam, you can have anything you want? Do you think, do you think Mark and Dia Rishi wanted any of that? 
<laughs> no, he wouldn't be in the Bhagavatam if he asked for video games and a mansion and a nice car. But Sam, there's nothing wrong with wanting those things. That's the material nature. It's our, it's our nature to want those things. And it's, it's what we have to overcome, right? Overcome the desire for those things because they really don't make us happy. Now it's very interesting. What, well, what, you know, what would we ask for? What did Prabhupada ask for? Does anybody know when they gave Prabhupada a giant birthday cake one time? I believe it was in New Brindavan. I mean, this was a giant cake. And they took days making little sections of it, right? So it was giant cake. The devotees surrounded. And they said, well, Prabhupada, you know, they lit it with candles. And Prabhupada had to blow out the candles. I don't think they did that in India. He may not have known, right? So they said, before that, you have to make a wish. So Prabhupada, okay, made a wish, blows out the candle. Well, Prabhupada, what did you wish for? And so he said, well, you're not supposed to say. Prabhupada said anyway. So he goes, I wish for what I always wish for, pure devotional service. Pure devotional service. That's all Prabhupada ever asked for. <laughs> pure devotional service. Wasn't he already doing pure devotional service? Yes. But that, he wanted to make sure he was always in Krishna consciousness. He wanted to always be doing service to Krishna and nothing else. And here we see uh, Markandeya Rishi when given a similar re- request. Lord, you know, the Lord's right in front of him. He's overwhelmed. He's, 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 he's received the fruition of so many, you know, so much austerity, right? And what does he ask for? He asked to see the illusory potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. My first question was, isn't he already seeing that? <laughs> right? He's in the material world. He's in a apparently material body. I mean, it must have been a really special body, right? Because, I mean, it lived for millions and millions of years. But he asked for, to, to see this, to, to have a vision of this illusory energy. Who, who else asked for something like that when, when, with Krishna, right? Arjuna, right? He asked to see the, Krishna's form as the complete universe, you know? So many beings, being born, living, dying, you know, annihilation, birth, everything, and it became too much for him. He said, please, Lord, come back to me. In your two-arm form. I want to see you like that. That's the form that Prabhupada tells us to worship Krishna in. Worship Krishna in his two-arm form. Shama Shundar, beautiful lotus-eyed Lord playing the flute in Vrindavan with his friends, right? He wants us to worship that form. It's easy for us to get attracted like to the power and the glory, right? The power of Krishna is very overwhelming. And it's very attractive. Everybody likes power especially world leaders, they got power, they want more power, more power, more uh, accolades, more attention. Well, Krishna is the source of everything. He has all power, all knowledge, all wealth, all beauty, all renunciation. He's all famous. No one's more famous. No one's more beautiful. And this power, it's attractive. So we have to overcome our desire to have power, to be in powerful positions and it's stated in the second verse, you know, demigods achieve their exalted positions of power simply by seeing the lotus feet of the Lord after their minds have become mature in yoga practice. So um, that's that's what that's really the answer. We're supposed to become mature in yoga practice. 
And if we get to see the Lord in person, fine, right? I mean, that would be really nice. But that's not really the goal. We don't know. When is Krishna going to appear before us? We can't say. Um, I heard, a, I had, I, as part of my job, I go to client events and the clients are speaking. <coughs> Thank you, Prabhu. Excuse me. <clears throat> Our clients are, are uh, taxing entities, chambers of commerce and different business people. So they had a prayer meeting. I don't know if you all knew, yesterday was National Prayer Day, right? So all the business people in, a, in North Dallas, in Carrollton, Farmers Branch, Addison, Capel, they get together. The Chamber of Commerce up there gets together. And they have a, they had a prayer breakfast. And it was really amazing, you know, and, and to hear uh, people pray. And the theme was love each other. So all four mayors spoke and they took sections from the Bible about loving each other. And the, and the similarities between our, our faith and their faith was just, it's just amazing. You know, they were all Christians. But they, they, the, the essence of what is there in their teachings is the same essence as ours. Ours is pure. Ours is not as adulterated. But they're still getting it, right? I mean, they're, they're understanding. Love God, love each other. Now, they're, they're, they're having a hard time with the material energy. A harder time maybe than we are. But it was so interesting that um, this one person was speaking, and um, he spoke about, uh, oh, what did I want to tell you? I lost my point. But it's it's so nice. Sorry? Loving each other. Yeah, loving each other. Um, I had a story from what happened, though. There was a really nice realization that somebody had. Um, there were a lot of nice things said, and it's so uh, amazing to to hear folks and, and know that deep inside they really want these things, and they're a little bit hung up in 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 the material energy, and uh, you know they're not always ready to hear about Krishna, but at some point they're going to be, and we want to be there. At that moment, when they're ready to hear about Krishna, we want to be able to tell them about Krishna. And and books are the key, right? Because we can say something, but it goes in and goes out. And this one speaker, he said, you know, I don't, I don't lecture. I don't just talk. He goes, I tell stories because then people remember it better. And so one of his stories was his own life story of how he came to Jesus, how he'd become uh, saved and decided to surrender to Lord Jesus. It was a very powerful story. He'd had some trouble with the police. He overreacted. Police arrest him. He tried to fight the police. Didn't work out. <laughs> Never does. And uh, But his reaction was amazing. He took it in a humble way. Said, something's wrong. I'm not, I'm not acting right. So he turned inward and he thought, I, I want to accept the shelter of Lord, of Lord Jesus. And he'd been a player for the Dallas Cowboys. And so Tom Landry was his coach. And Tom was a, was a Christian, very, very famous Christian. Uh, one of the founders or members of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so they would pray a lot, you know, even in the locker rooms and stuff. They would. So this, this player, he became attracted to what Tom Landry was presenting. He would have speakers come. I mean, he had Billy Graham come and speak to the team. You know, that's no small personality, right? Amongst Christian preachers, Billy Graham's pretty special. So 
he was really affected by that. So it was a nice story, you know, and similar to our own stories, right, of how we all come to Christian consciousness, right? We're doing other things. Maybe we're pious or we're, we're fairly spiritually minded. But, you know, then something special happens. We meet the devotees and we make a decision. Oh, I want to do this. You know, this is me. This is what I want to be, right, my whole life. I want to chant. I want to look at the deity. I want to associate with devotees. I want to honor Prashadam. It's a very wonderful thing. And we have to do that in a mature way. Our efforts have to become mature in Krishna consciousness. And what that means is is we keep on doing it again and again and again. Even though we think, uh, you know, nothing's happening here. I chant. I come to the temple. Nothing's happening. <laughs> you know, well, that's good, actually. If you're not offending anybody... You're actually, you're making advancement. You're not always going to know that, you know, oh, you know, there's fireworks going off. You know, devotees are putting me on a palanquin. Oh, yeah, you're doing great. You know, no. Krishna consciousness is not like that. It's a, it's a matter of maturing slowly in full realization of Krishna, in full realization of his names, of each other as devotees. Of prashadam as being Krishna himself, because he 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 eats it, he 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 accepts it with the love that it's offered to him, and then he gives it back, and it becomes a spiritualized substance that's beyond something that just gives us nutrition and satisfaction of eating it. It's prashad, and it's 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 part of our spiritual process. That not only helps us to understand the Lord, but it also purifies us, right? It purifies us of the kind of desires that are still inside our heart, right? For a mansion, for fame, for fortune, for any number of things that are temporary and illusory, right? Not going to make us happy. We know that a time and time and time again. And I was thinking today what would I say in 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 class today? What are my realizations lately? I always feel like I should talk about those things. What I what's been in my brain lately and what I've been thinking about a lot is is how the process really does work. I've been in the movement for about 20 years or so with pretty much um Minimal effort, minimal effort. And yet Krishna has benedicted me with everything. He's taken care of everything. You know, I have pretty decent health. I have a nice place to live. I have a good job. I have a nice family. I have good friends. I have nice devotees around me. What's the problem? You know, there is no problem. The problem is just me, what's in my head, in my heart, the ugly things that are still there, the unwanted desires for anything that's not connected to Krishna, Krishna consciousness. So that process, you know, you you might think, well, I'm not doing anything. But if you're just remembering the devotees, remembering Krishna, coming to the temple once in a while, chanting a little bit, chanting a lot is better. But whatever you're doing, it is affecting you. And what happens is, is Krishna makes it happen. It's just like, after a while, you're going to realize, wow, I'm actually thinking of Krishna more than I, I realized. I'm actually thinking of Krishna. And one day you're going to feel, you know, I feel Krishna's kind of taken over. Do you ever feel that way? Does anybody felt that way? Krishna's kind of taken over a little bit, you know. I'm not struggling as much with Maya. 
You know, Maya doesn't see the fangs of the serpent, right? They might bite you, but they're not as sharp, right? The poison doesn't go in and, you know, like when you get bit by a really poisonous snake, the teeth are like hypodermic needles. And, and they, they go into the skin, they break the skin, and then they shoot the poison out like a, like a needle. And when they're really poisonous, it kills you very, very quickly. You know, first it, the nerve agent gets you and you die. <laughs> Your respiration collapses. So if you're out in the, in the, in the yard and you pick up a little snake, it's a, it's a garden snake, a gardener snake, they call it. If it bites you, well, it's going to hurt, but there's no poison, right? So it's kind of like that. Instead, before we were getting bit by these serpents, these snakes of really serious, you know, sinful desire. And it would affect us. And we see that in society. You know, we see people that are suffering under that. And it, it's painful to see. And it's, it's painful to see the suffering of other people. It's painful to see what's happening in the world that, that people are suffering when they don't need to. And it's not that we give them food or we find, found hospitals or we improve the political system. That's not the answer. The answer is Krishna consciousness. Giving them Krishna consciousness. And haven't we seen a good result of that? Like what's happening? Vegetarianism now. Have, has anybody noticed? It's hit another level. Maybe it's me because I work in a big office. There's a lot of people in my office. And a lot of them are become are on a uh, plant-based diet. That's what they call it now. They don't call it vegetarianism. <laughs> They don't even like to use the word vegan, but that's what they are. They say, no, I'm on a plant-based diet. <laughs> that's the new, that's the new word, you know, of the, of this current age, epic, whatever. Plant-based diet. It's amazing how many people are, are doing it. Now, my office, it's a good sized firm, so they have, they have a program where they encourage the employees to, to go on a seminar and, and they fly them somewhere nice and then they teach them how to eat properly and how to exercise. And it's a vegan, vegan based diet, plant based diet. So amazing, isn't it? That we have employers out there that are paying people to become <laughs> vegetarian, vegan, to give up meat. Yeah. So maybe I'm, my office may be an anomaly. You know, may not be average, but it seems like, you know, there are people, and there are people there that, that have been vegetarian for years. Um, I was watching an old TV show. It was a repeat of a British show, Wasting Time. Yeah, I shouldn't have been watching. I was watching. And, and there's a, there's a, there was a character on it, and he's offered a sandwich. And he says, no, thank you. I'm vegetarian. <laughs> this is a show from about 1978. And I was flabbergasted. I saw another British show about a year ago, shouldn't have been watching, was one, and the the man in the show dressed up as a Hare Krishna and went out with devotees chanting. The show was about a mid, midlife crisis. The show's called Reggie Perrin, Reginald Perrin. And Reggie has a, has a, has a crisis and begins to behave very erratically, right, in, the, in his middle age. And, and he, he, he fakes his death and then he comes back in disguise and it, it's pretty funny, but it's, you know, but 
One of the things he thinks about when he's, he's trying, well, what am I going to do now? Now I'm back. Everybody knows I faked my death, but he's back and he's, he's running a big company. He's very successful, but he's not happy. You know, he's not happy. So what am I going to do to fill myself spiritually? He realizes that all of his dissatisfaction in midlife was because he, he, he wasn't happy spiritually. So he says, what are, what are, and he's in London, right? They're based in London, obviously. So he's like, what could I do? And he scratches his head. He goes, maybe I could do that Hare Krishna thing. And the, so they show him in a, in a bald wig and he's chanting Hare Krishna. He's going down the street, right? With a, with a full kirtan party. And I thought, who were the devotees that did that? <laughs> you know, they called up the London devotees and they said, Hey, we need Hare Krishnas for our show, for our BBC show. And they came out, Murdungas, Kartals and, Chanted full on Hare Krishna going down the street. And then, you know, and his little, his little thought, you know, goes to that. And then he comes back to him and he goes, no, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> That's too much. So instead he founds like some kind of an ashram type thing, but it's not really an ashram and it's a complete debacle. It's a complete failure. Why? Cause he didn't, he didn't take Krishna consciousness, right? He had a chance and he didn't take it. So the rest of the show is basically, you know, people chat. You know, anyway, it's so it, it it it's 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 wonderful for me when you know I know I'm a failure as a devotee. Pretty much, ninety nine percent I'm a failure. But once in a while, when you see something like that, and you're reminded. You're like, oh wow, wait a minute, Krishna is involved in this, right? Krishna is part of it. So even if we're wasting time watching TV. Sometimes you'll see something that will remind you of Krishna or will remind you of a devotional principle, right? I get dragged in my job. I have to go to this prayer breakfast. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, you know, I need to do some other work. Maybe I can skip it. I told these people I'd go. But then I thought, no, I'm going to go because I'm going to get something out of this. Even though it's not Hare Krishna, I, I, I feel inspired, you know, when I hear other religious people in other religions speaking from the heart, about their desire to try and love God. And that's what they all talked about. And, you know, they're, 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 on the one hand, you can say they're hampered by the limits of their faith. But on the other hand, God's in their heart. And so it's unlimited what he can do for them. Whether he chooses to do it through Christianity, through Islam, through Judaism, through Hare Krishna, Right? So we're not exclusivists. That's really important. We got to remember that. We don't say Hare Krishna is the only way. Prabhupada was clear about that. And, and the, and the religious leaders of the world or the, the scholars who've studied our movement, I remember one of them saying that one time I was at American Academy of Religion and I was hearing some lecture and they said, you know, Hare Krishna is, is inclusive. It's inclusive. We include everybody, right? Cause Krishna is everything. Krishna's the top. So everything's under Krishna. Hare Krishna, everything's under Krishna. <laughs> we include everybody, <laughs> right? We're not exclusivists. We don't say, well, uh, you don't, you're not doing this right. You weren't born in the right place. You aren't, you're excluded. There's no exclusion, is there? The only people that get excluded are the ones that can't behave amongst the devotees, right? And sometimes that happens. It's really sad. They have to go. But but we know if they go out and continue Krishna consciousness, they'll get better, right? And sometimes devotees, they bloop. They have to leave. They want to do other things. Okay, fine, but don't forget. And even in the depths of depravity, 
devotees have said, when they've left the movement and come back, they've even when they were in the depths of the worst depravity, they would remember Krishna. <laughs> Something would happen, and they would remember Krishna. I'm not going to name names with some very famous devotees. Tell that story. No, something happens. You can't forget Krishna. You can't forget him. You know, you can't forget devotees. You can't forget prashadam. So, as we mature in Krishna consciousness, we need to try to offer this benediction to others. The benediction of telling them about Krishna. Of giving them a plate of prashadam, right? First time I ever came, I sat where Maria's sitting, in the back a little, and it was Prabhupada's appearance day. I don't know how it worked out. I that was the I had been to Rathiatra, but I never stepped in the temple room before. I've been to two Rathiatras. Finally, I said I got to get in the temple room, so I came in and it happened to be Prabhupada's appearance day. So I sat there and I listened to the offerings. You know, paid attention a little bit. A couple hours go by. It's about eleven o'clock. I I don't know. I didn't eat breakfast or I was hungry. I, man, I'm starving. I'm like I'm going to leave. I got to eat. I got to eat something. So I get up. I'm going to go home. And Nandini, who was just on the altar a minute ago, she sees me. She had noticed. So I'm starting to walk out. She comes down the hallway and, 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 and you know, saves me. <laughs> she, uh, she intercepts me and says, wait a minute, why are you leaving? I said, oh, I got an appointment or something. I lied. I didn't say, well, I'm hungry. I want to go. She said, you didn't get prashadam. I said, well, you know, that's all right. I'll come. I'm, not, I'm coming back. I'll, you know, one day I'll come back, right? She, no, no, you got to take Prashadam. And I'm like, nah, you know, it's okay. You know, I'll eat something out there. You know, I'll, I'm going to go home. I got something at home to eat. <laughs> she goes, just wait. Will you just wait a minute? Just wait five minutes, three minutes. So she goes in the back. I, you know, I think, I'm sure it was offered to Srila Prabhupada, but it wasn't being served to anybody else, right? Maybe it was closer to 12. I mean, we're closer to the... You know, we're closer to the serve-out time. But she makes me a plate and hands it to me. And it had all the basic, you know, items. Rice, dal, subjis, halava, puri. And so I take it home. Okay, thank you. I take it home. And so I sit down. I live close by. So I sit down and start to eat it. And my head exploded. It just exploded from the 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 <laughs> how incredible... The prashadam tasted, right? I was like, oh my God. I can't believe the halava. I wish I had a bucket of the halava, right? Did everybody have that experience with halava when you first joined? You can eat, I mean, pounds of halava when you first join. It's the most, I don't know, some of the, the butter, the grain, the sweetness. I mean, halava. I don't eat a lot of halava now, but when I first joined, like, halava was the thing, right? So, I'm so grateful to her for that, because I knew, as I was honoring the prashadam, I knew, this is it. I'm going to be part of this. (laughs) I'm going back. I'm sticking with this. Because I've been following, I've been trying to be a spiritual practitioner quite sincerely through Paramahamsa Yogananda's, you know, his self-realization fellowship. So I was reading his books and I was getting their lectures and I had pictures of him and his gurus up. And But he includes Krishna in his pantheon of worshipable personalities. He has Jesus and Krishna and then his guru and his guru's guru and, you know, Paramahamsa. And, you know, I was meditate, trying to meditate, 
But it was funny. Once I got one of Srila Prabhupada's books, it had a picture of Prabhupada on the cover. I would put that up and meditate on him. <laughs> so it takes over, you know. And, and all these things that we do in our past, right, they've all built. They've all helped us to build to where we are today. So we don't want to just say, well, I'm not a Christian anymore. Oh, Christ, you know, forget him. No. To me, uh, that was a foundation of, of, and that's what helped get me here, right? And it's the same for other people that we're going to meet. They're Jews. They're Muslims. There's some beautiful people out there. I mean, they're really nice, you know? Muslims, Jews, Christians. I mean, in their, they're the, I mean, the nicest people you're ever going to meet. I mean, really nice people. And they're cared for, you know, Jesus, Krishna is, has got them in nice material situations and they know how to behave and act nicely with each other. All they're lacking is Krishna, right? Knowledge of God the Father. God the Father. And so, uh, I don't know, it's just my little realization from what I've been going through this week. And I felt that the uh, the verses are, are interesting because what would we ask for? Why, you know, they're going to talk about Markandeya Rishi and why did he ask to see the illusory energy? It's not because he wanted sense gratification. That's not why he did it. He's done with that, right? He wanted to see uh, the Lord's uh, material potency um, it, he said he just, he wanted to learn how that potency was working. So you can just imagine, you know, he had some residual, uh, something residual to like burn off. And the Lord was not happy. The Lord was, he smiled. And it's going to be discussed. The Lord wasn't happy that Markandeya Rishi asked for this. Well, he wasn't unhappy about it, but... He, he, he smiles ruefully, a rueful, rueful smile. You know what that means? Like a, a reluctant smile. Because it, it's said to be like when, when your son or daughter asks for something you know is not going to be good for them, but you have to give it to them anyway, right? And they're going to learn. Because what's going to happen? He's going to be sitting there meditating one day, and he's going to suddenly find himself, boom, in the middle of the, the, Ocean, water of devastation. He's going to be bobbing around for a long time, right? Then finally this water of devastation covers the earth, covers the universe. It's going to take him to this banyan tree and he's going to see baby Krishna on a little banyan leaf. And he's going to try to hug. He wants to give Krishna a hug, right? But Krishna disappears. And then, and then he's back floating around. Then suddenly, that vision shuts down and Markandeya Rishi is still back. Then he's back in his ashram, you know, meditating, chanting. And so it just happens, boom, like that. So it's like that for us, isn't it? Like we think, oh, you know, I could just have a little bit of sense gratification. Oh, movie won't be that bad. You know, I have a little popcorn. You know, I don't know what's in that oil, but, you know, it's probably okay, right? Is it okay? You know, once in a while, you know, that's how Maya gets us. And, and, and it's like, no, it's not okay. You don't know what's in the oil. You don't know what you're going to see on that movie. You don't know what they put on the screen. Do you know they can put things subliminally on the screen? Yeah, they do this. That's how, that's why advertising works. They attack our subconscious and they attack on the basis of sex desire. And so like they, they had, uh, they, they did studies on this. This is from the 1950s, right? So think how advanced advertising is now. 
Back in the 50s, they show this desert scene, right? Winds blowing, desert, sands everywhere. In one or two frames, they had a picture of a, of a cold Coca-Cola bottle, right? Boom, flash is so quick, the eyes can't see it, but the brain does see it, right? Somehow it goes into the subconscious brain. The brain sees it. The movie shuts down after five minutes, and the test audience gets up. They want a soda. <laughs> they want to drink a Coca-Cola right now. Boom. You see how it works. When you go to a grocery store, they have music playing. Behind the music, buy more stuff. Buy this item. Did you get all the toilet paper you need? Did you, did you, go check out the meat department. We got some really fresh fish there. That's what they do. They have, I swear, they have a taught, they have a message system going through the, 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 the speakers in the grocery store. And it's, it's covered by the music, but it's there. Why? It works. It affects people or they wouldn't do it. Yes, people. Thanks for sharing that. It's amazing. That's how they've worked it out. It is. They know that if we don't pay, it's better that we don't pay careful attention. Because if we pay careful attention, we'll go, that's not a message I want. I don't want to hear that garbage. But if we don't pay attention, and it's like that in spiritual life. If we don't pay careful attention to our sadhana, our, our, our rounds, our, our principles, it's so easy to, to have that sneak in, for Maya to get in there and mess with us. And so we, we, we have to be more vigilant, you know. And, uh, and let's try to do that. And, and, but remember, in our struggles, everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling. As devotee, as non-devotee, whatever. Life is a struggle in a material world. But when you're struggling as devotee, it's for Krishna. And Krishna's helping us. Krishna's purifying us. Krishna's there. And one day Krishna's going to take over 100%. And you're not even going to have to worry. And, and that's, that's the realization I was kind of getting this week that it's, 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 it's my own effort to become Krishna conscious, to do sadhana and to, to, to be, live a Krishna conscious life. But the actual force that makes us Krishna conscious is Krishna. It's not our own effort. It's Krishna's own sweet will and the time that he wants to say, okay, I'm going to help you a little. Let's push a little more maya out. Let's raise the loosering energy a little bit so you can see the spiritual side, right? And the more we do that, pretty soon it becomes more, 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 more. Till pretty soon, you know, Prabhupada was always in ecstasy. If you watched films of him, sometimes he's almost in tears, you know, just just because he was Krishna conscious all the time, you know. It's like amazing. And Prabhupada didn't just say, well, I'm this, so worship me. He said, I want you to to have this because it's the most enjoyable thing, right? It's spiritual consciousness. That is our birthright. It's our inheritance. We're supposed to get it. Wow, this is for you. It's for us. Everyone has a right to it. I'm sorry I went over Talking a little bit too much. Anybody have any comments or questions? We had a nice comment about a bit of a mundane subject, advertising. But it's fascinating to see 
As devotees, we see things that others don't see because they're covered. They really are more covered than we are. And so it can be frustrating sometimes. So it's good we talk about this with each other. So I don't feel like I'm going crazy. You know, sometimes you think you're the only one that sees these things, but it, we're not. You want to use the mic, Prabhu? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, well, it, it, it's a funny thing. I've looked at this chapter many times. Why would someone who is manifested in the beginning of the universe as a fully self-realized saint. He's self-realized. He is. He, he shows up self-realized. Um, why would he be interested in the illusory potency of the Lord? He's not affected by it already. So it's a curiosity in that sense. As almost anything in the material world is, as you were saying, your your uh, <clears throat> TV preferences are apparently British, <laughs> and and on some level or another, you seem to think that's okay because it's just a little discretion. And I'm just quoting you. I, I yeah. mean, I watch television too sometimes. Don't worry, we're not. You know, we're we're preaching to the choir here, <laughs> and. Um, He's thinking the same thing. It's a very good point you made. He's thinking, well, you know, how does this illusory potency work? So the illusory potency works by forgetting Krishna. Mm -hmm. And Krishna, as he says in the Bhagavad Gita, is the source of our remembrance and our forgetfulness. So if we wish to see how does forgetfulness of Krishna work, he helps us. (laughs) He will let us do that. So if we wish, rather than forgetting Krishna, we remember Krishna, he does that. And it's available to us at every point because, you, as you were mentioning, he really does get bewildered. He spends an entire devastation not remembering Krishna. Mm. Suffering because he's helpless. He's floating in an ocean full of treacherous waves he's exhausted he can't die he can't get help he can't remember krishna he's totally bewildered and at the end of all that he's simply exhausted but krishna's kindness is such as we read in the um the book and then also in in the navadvit uh mahatmya he shows up in just there near where where um, in, in Surabi Kunj mm. in Mayapur, and a Surabi cow comes to him and says, "Wow, you you're exhausted. Let me help you." And she actually props him up and does a whole thing to bring him back to Krishna consciousness. These are Krishna's cows, so that's Krishna's kindness. And having experienced it, Krishna immediately appears in the form of his sarabi mm-hmm. to refresh and regenerate and rejuvenate the, the Muni back to his original mm-hmm. state of Krishna consciousness. Yeah. But, it, but it, yeah, it's fascinating. And we have that choice, as Prabhupada would say, day in and day out. It's constant. And therefore, Prabhupada would constantly pray, wish, 
I want to be a pure devotee. I want to engage in pure devotional service. Maya, please don't affect me. Krishna, please protect me from Maya. There are many, many stories of how Prabhupada conducted himself as a self-realized soul. John. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very nice, wonderful points you brought up in class. Thank you. Well, thanks for pointing out the point. It, it probably wasn't that clear, but you saw it, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's minute to minute. I spend a lot of time in the material illusion. <laughs> it's easy for me to work no, with. No, you don't. You're being humble. It's a choice every single minute. You can be Christian conscious or you can be my Yes, Prabhu, another question. Uh, it was just a comment. I, I remembered a verse... In the Bhagavatam, that you're, when you're speaking about how <clears throat> people may go away from Krishna consciousness and then in their depravity they remember Krishna. Uh, Narada Muni in the fifth chapter of the first canto, he tells Vyasadeva, My dear Vyasa, even though a devotee of Lord Krishna sometimes falls down somehow or other, he certainly does not undergo material existence like others, fruitive workers, etc. Because a person who has... Once relish the taste of the lotus feet of the Lord can do nothing but remember that ecstasy again and again. Awesome. Thank so, you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me think like these, even just in my um, career in Krishna consciousness, people have gone away back to their material situation. And this verse is very, um, it's very hopeful. I, f- I feel very hopeful for those people because... You know, Narada Muni is saying this, that they, they won't be able to forget their taste of Krishna consciousness, the prasadam, the devotees, because they're not going to, they're practically speaking, they're really not going to get that genuine association, you know, in the material world. So, Thanks so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. That's really nice. It gives me hope, too, you know. You know, hope for the others that have left, but even, you know, to the extent that I'm half here and half gone half the time, right? It's hopeful that that, that the half part that's not here comes back. <laughs> and it, it's not, it's, it, it's like, what, does it have to be broken over our heads? What's it going to take? Sometimes we wonder, Krishna, what is it going to, when am I going to finally get this? But it does, it happens. It's, it's, it's slow sometimes, it's slow. But it is, it is happening. You can't forget Krishna. You can't forget how great it is. And our desires for these other things are really strong. That's why even though we have a taste for Krishna's lotus feet and we've tasted it before, we still have to work it out. We have to get rid of it, the, the unwanted things. Because Krishna gives us free will, right? He doesn't want us to come because he pulls us in. You know, he, he wants it to be voluntary. Yeah. So some some friends, devotees have had to leave they report to us. You can't forget Krishna. <laughs> okay, they want to spend a little time, a little bit more time in Maya, but they're coming back. They will come back, right? And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. That's really important. I'm not good at quoting verses, and but but sometimes the principles that we 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 share, they're all based on things we read, right? So it's nice when you know the source and you can quote it like that. Thank you for doing that. And thanks for being here and for listening so nicely because all of you should be giving class and I hope you will. <laughs> and I hope I can sit and listen to your class because I'm nothing special. 
But thank you for being here and thanks for listening. Shri Prabhupada ki, Bhagavatam ki.